Rude reminder. It's a good reminder. So welcome to the Recreation, Music, and Parks Commission meeting for Wednesday, May 15th. Calling the meeting to order at 7 o'clock. And David, would you lead us in the pledge, please? Thank you. Roll call. Present. Here. 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 Great. And approval of minutes. We'll take a look at the March 20th minutes. And um, I'd like to, I, I'd actually like to note that under item six, the public art master plan presentation, the speaker listed was Amy Kahn, and the speakers were actually Annie Booker-Knight and Allison Marks. Are there any other additions or corrections to the minutes for March 20th? Make a motion to approve as corrected. Thank you. Is there a second? I'll second it. Thank you, David. It's been moved and seconded that the and the minutes are are accepted as written. Um, special announcements by commissioners. David, may we we start on your end of the dais, please? I don't have any special announcements. No. Okay. Erin. So this weekend is the 350 Home and Garden Challenge. Um, and uh, we had a proclamation, I believe, at the last council meeting about that. A weekend of action um, for citizens across Sonoma County to take actions large and small in their homes and gardens to save energy, grow food, and save water and build community. And Petaluma citizens can plug in um, in two ways. This Saturday, we're having a gray water workshop that's open to the public so we'll be installing a branched drain permitted shower to landscape gray water system on the west side of Petaluma and we're also transforming 10,000 square feet of lawn at the Petaluma Health Center and that's going to be from 10 to 3 on Sunday and three twins ice cream is free for all volunteers we're going to be giving ice cream and healthy snacks as well and kombucha and drinks and and it'll be a really fun day, so I hope you can all join us for that. And you can learn more by visiting dailyacts.org, D-A-I-L-Y-A-C-T-S.org. And um, you can also call us at 789-9664 or just come on out to the Petaluma Health Center on Sunday. Thank you, Commissioner Axelrod. Um, I wanted to note a couple of things. Um, one that Congressional Rep. Huffman is holding a town hall meeting on Friday, May 31st, noon to one, at the Petaluma Senior Center. And I have flyers about that for commissioners. Um, the focus will be on preserving Social Security and Medicare. 
so it's, I think it's really well worth attending. It's also a wonderful opportunity to see the senior center and and uh, watch that place in action because it's a it's a busy hub. The date is May 31st, Friday, noon to one. Secondly, I wanted to let you guys know that there's a coming up a Petaluma Community Band concert. The Petaluma Band, the Petaluma Community Band, is really um, about Parks and Rec because we are the Parks, we're the Recreation, Music, and Parks Commission. So I've been looking about for uh, evidence of the, um, the music activities in our town, and this is a fabulous one. It has a very long history, and their spring concert is coming up May 20th at Casa Grande High School, 7.30, it's free to the community. If you would like to know more about the history of the Petaluma Community Band, please take a look at www.petalumacommunityband.org. There are a lot of really very talented folks who are involved with this activity, and I'm hoping that we can have them join us for a meeting coming up in the near future, maybe this summer, to talk about the history of the band and talk about what they are up to and the work that they do. So I also wanted to let you know that item 6B um, on the agenda will be deferred to next week. We'll, we'll take a look at the plan for July 4th, excuse me, next month. We'll take a look at that next month. Now, in the meantime, I want to step back to public comment. Having dashed, dashed into our meeting, um, I wanted to see if there's anyone here for public comment on an item not on the agenda. Excuse me, thank you. And yes, there is. Don Richards is here. So we're opening public comment. Um, I walk up, or most of us do, up through uh, Sunrise Parkway across Maria and into the other dog park up there, and there's no crosswalk. There's no crosswalk, you know, at the stop sign, and then there's none coming out of the park either, and it just is something that needs to be there. I'm not asking for flashing lights, I'm just asking for a crosswalk where cars will stop and let us go through. Great, thank you, Don. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks for bringing Excuse that to attention. Uh, is, is that on Maria? Yes, Maria and Sunrise. Be between Sunrise and Glenbrook Park? Yes. On Maria? Thank you very much. I'll take note of that. Thanks. And Scott has let me know that he's forwarding this on to city traffic. Yeah, we talked about it. Great. Great. Commissioner Barrett, did you have a No, I comment? was just going to ask the same question that our staff did. Okay. Great. So, now on to item six, um, program and partnership reports. This is a presentation on the Traveling Vietnam Veteran Wall that's scheduled to be at Lucchese Park. Yeah, yes, if I may, um, uh, I'd like to introduce Joe Noriel, who will um, give us a description or an idea of what is uh, being scheduled for a special event in October in Lucchese Park. Thank you, Joe. Hello, Commission members. Good to see you all again. Uh, where do I start with this? Um, probably the most historical, emotional tribute to come to Petaluma 
Uh, I brought my young daughter Lauren here tonight with me, and you know, it got me thinking about, you know, it's my education, and it's something I'm proud of having gone through the Petaluma school system. But you know, I think about in high school what I learned about Vietnam was virtually nothing. Um, college, maybe one line, you know, in regards to the Vietnam War, and I think that's too bad because it, you know, it was certainly a very important part of our history, and a lot of lessons learned there. Uh, it was unfortunate uh, how many of the veterans came home, um, uh, the lack of respect, the lack of tribute, and I think only now we're kind of recognizing the sacrifices that were made by those men and women. And that being said, you know, having hosted the Vietnam experience at the Petaluma Museum, it was quite an eye-opener. You know, we saw a lot of healing taking place, and more importantly, we saw a lot of education happening there. Um, teachers were bringing students, parents, and there was a lot of dialogue, and it was, I think it was a really important event for our community. So we had the opportunity to, uh, I, I almost want to say it was a miracle. I mean, there is the uh, Vietnam Traveling Memorial Wall, and it actually makes itself all across the United States, and is fairly popular and is usually pretty booked up. And it just took an inquiry, and there was an opening. And I was like, wow, this is fantastic. And it was one of those kind of uh, symmetries where things kind of just started falling into place. And the time slot was open. You know, we had working, obviously, on the memorial that was stolen at Walnut Park and the support generated there, you know, it was really an opportunity to kind of pay that message forward. Um, you know, it started with, you know, 16 Petaluma boys who lost their lives in Vietnam, and then looking at the bigger picture of the uh, 54,000 plus who didn't come back home. So I think we have a real unique opportunity to, you know, educate this community and beyond on the sacrifices made in Vietnam. So we're looking for your support on this project. Um, what can I tell you? Uh, uh, the company is called American Veterans Traveling Tribute. Uh, they're, uh, this particular wall is actually one of the largest traveling walls, so it has all the names. It's 80% size of the original in Washington, D.C. Uh, it runs 350 feet, uh, straight feet. Um, very emotional experience. We met with the folks over in Sonoma who just had it recently, uh, trying to get feedback from them on their experience, and, and they were just really blown away. I mean, it was uh, extremely emotional for so many people. People come in the middle of the night. It's a personal experience to say when you touch the wall, the wall touches you. And most people leave there kind of changed, and it gives just a really unique insight that I don't think you can get on television or YouTube or anything like that, you know, really seeing this thing there. And um, from where I come from, you know, I think as far as an educational tool, I can't think of anything more important than this. Um, it's certainly going to generate a lot of interest, I think, in the schools, certainly the high schools, colleges, and we've got a couple people on our team. That's, that's their specific goal is to reach out to students. So that being said, you know, we got the support, we got the location, the wall came in place. Uh, funding has not been a problem at this point. We're actually over budget, so the, the, the project is already completely uh, taken care of on that level. Uh, it's something that I think uh, people want to see. I mean, we've got commitments from the Downtown Association. We're working the police department. The fire department is a, is a sponsor of this particular project. Uh, Friedman Brothers is, is a, a most recent supporter. So uh, we're feeling the, you know, the community is really kind of falling in behind this. Um, location. 
I mean, we got so many beautiful parks in, in Petaluma, but clearly this is going to be, you know, an impact tribute. And where are we going to display this? So, you know, we looked at a couple of different parks, and it seemed to be uh, the best fit over at Lucchese Park. And we met with Ron and, and some of the city staff, and uh, it really suits the needs on a lot of different levels. One. Um, Speaking of level, it has a level surface that can accommodate, you know, that large tribute. Um, because it's kind of associated with parking, uh, we're not going to have a problem, you know, with a lot of cars coming in, you know, if we do need to have an occasional bus or something, you know, it's, it's probably more suited than any of the other parks, so uh, we're not looking for anybody to get hurt there. Um, most importantly is we, you know, we realize the city's kind of stressed with a lot of resource issues and other things like that. So we wanted to make it, you know, clearly as low impact on the city as possible. So, you know, we've got the wall funded. Uh, we've just learned today we've got uh, portalettes and uh, trash uh, compactors and different uh, trash receptacles and different things that, you know, so we're not kind of relying on the community center building. Uh, that shouldn't be impact at all. Uh, security, there will be someone there 24 hours a day, and it will probably be multiple groups. We're reaching out to the Coast Guard. There's a civil engineer group. Uh, we're kind of walking hand-in-hand hand with a few different groups. Uh, of course, the folks over in Sonoma uh, are giving us just a boatload of resources to help us along this journey. And uh, um, a lot of the veterans, you know, our local veterans, are just really jumping on board this. I thought it was interesting when I was talking to the folks from Sonoma that uh, the majority of financial sponsors for Sonoma were folks from Petaluma, businesses from Petaluma, so it kind of made sense. Well, you know, if we're going to do a tribute, it should be in Petaluma. So, uh, I, you know, I really feel like a lot of the big issues are kind of mitigated at this point, but still, you know, we would like the blessing of this commission. And I'm here uh, with uh, Dick Sharkey, um, representing History Connection, my group, and also a Vietnam Veterans Chapter 563, which is actually sponsoring this this traveling tribute. So that's that's what I have and um, I, I just think it's very important for the community and I think it's gonna it's gonna be a, definitely a life changer for a few people I think you know on another note as far as kind of tourism dollars you know people come from all over to see this tribute so I think it's gonna be kind of a win-win for everybody. Thank you Joe. Sure. I, I, there'll be questions from the Commission. I also wanted to know if you could could give us the span of dates Absolutely. For the yeah. exhibition? We're looking at uh, October 9th through 13th. So it comes in on a Wednesday and we'll leave on a Sunday. Any other commissioner questions or comments? Joe, are you planning any other programs with it, or is, is the wall just going to be up there for people to have their own personal experience with it? Oh, good question. Um, definitely it will be a personal experience, but uh, uh, there's going to be a lot more to this. We're going to take this opportunity, since it's here, you know, really a relatively short period of time. And uh, we think for some people, you know, is not going to get to Washington, D.C., this is going to be their only opportunity to really experience this. And, and when you see it, you're going to be amazed. I mean, it's apex. It's literally eight feet high and then kind of tailors down. And I do have some kind of Google Maps, you know, kind of get a sense of uh, the layout if any of the commissioners want to see that. But in regards to that, we've got a lot of programming worked into this. So with the schools, they'll have the opportunity to... Uh, meet with a Vietnam veteran there who can kind of tell his story and you know the impact on, uh, he had on his experience in Vietnam. Um, we've already got a commitment from the airport, excuse me, Air Force Band of the Golden West, which is huge. They're real kind of a big, big organization. So they'll be part of the opening ceremonies. Um, 
uh, I should say there's, this is not a concession thing, so there'll be no food or beverages or anything like that, but we will have resources available, certain, certainly uh, Vet Connect and a lot of veterans-related resources. And uh, so again, yeah, we want to kind of tailor-made this for an educational experience. So, you know, people will have time to kind of view it themselves, but there'll also be a lot of other things going on, um, including uh, um, the organization itself sends over uh, a computer disk and so we'll have a computer set up there so if relatives want to track down you know members who, who have lost in Vietnam they'll be able to find the name and actually go right to it and do an etching so it'll, it'll be a very personal experience thank you any other commissioner questions or comments I also wanted just to check in with you because of the potential link with this for the dedication of the um, Vietnam Veterans Memorial at um, Walnut Park, thank you. Yeah. And uh, my memory is that there was a dedication date set for May? May, and we're on board, yeah. It's uh, May 30th at 2 o'clock. Um, it should hit the media, I'm guessing, probably next week. And, and if it was any, even a slight response as we got to when this whole thing came out, it should, it should be very big. I mean, I'm, I'm expecting the Bay Area to kind of jump all over this thing because it is you know, such an important story. Uh, it's beautiful. Uh, I saw uh, an, an image of the created product is larger and it, it kind of set me back a little bit because you think you know you see this thing and it's just gone and you think it's just gone forever and it's like wow this is almost back again so it's absolutely beautiful if you go down to the park now you'll see that the flagpole is up and I was telling Ron before the meeting that it almost seems like it was supposed to be there you know it wasn't one of those things like well where'd that come from it's like wow yeah this should be there so it's all underway. Um, everything's working out well. We just finished the program. Yeah, so mark your calendars. It should be an amazing ceremony. We've got Petaluma High School involved. Uh, of course, the, the, the men that were lost in Vietnam, most of them were Petaluma High graduates, so the choir is putting together a very special performance, a special song tribute for that ceremony. Great. And yeah. there'll be, you'll send out an email yeah, to yeah, folks as a yeah, reminder. Is, is there a link between that and the event that you emailed me about that celebrates Native American culture and is a fundraiser for yeah you know we got a lot of stuff going on uh, certainly with the veterans you know the wall obviously a big project in October you know this month the uh, the plaque dedication uh, on May 25th uh, Tony Redhouse he's a Native American performer his father was a World War II veteran um, he's coming all the way from Arizona and he's going to perform at the vet center uh, it's he's a Navajo and it's probably the most the traditional um, but yet entertaining experience I've ever had. He, he's a friend of mine and he does the eagle dance, hoop dance. He's a, a Grammy nominated artist so he's an amazing guy so that's going to be the 25th uh, at 6 o'clock uh, and that's going to be to support the wall. Okay, great. And let me just check with Scott. Do we need a motion of support or What's the next step? You know, we hadn't anticipated this as an action item. We really anticipated it as a presentation. If we find that, that uh, there is an action uh, that, that would assist uh, the group, we'll bring it back for such action. But we had not anticipated an action tonight. Great. Thank you. Just checking. Okay. And before I go, if it's okay, I, I, Dick Sharkey's here, and I'm sure he'd like to say a few words in regards to the project since he is a Vietnam veteran, if that's Absolutely. okay. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Joan. Thank you all very much for support, and good to see you again, Scott. Uh, as a 46-year resident of Petaluma, I left here 
1967 to go to Vietnam for my first tour. The population then was 13,800. Uh, after my second tour, I came back, uh, and the population was, when I retired in 1973, the population was uh, 31,000 something. And this community was very, very, very conducive to veterans. They really cared about veterans. We had uh, Moffett Field. We had, I was stationed with the Army, by the way, out at Turok, Army Security Agency. And this, having the, the Vietnam Memorial here, uh, and I've been to the big one in, in Washington, D.C., to me is going to be one of the most powerful events we've ever had because when we had the Vietnam experience, there were teachers that brought their whole classes to the museum. Now those same students, not only did they hear about the wall, they're going to be able to touch it and to see it. And there's great history associated with that. Like Joe said, we have 16 of our young people here were in Vietnam. Charles Toliat was in my organization in Vietnam, 4th Infantry Division. And I never got a chance to meet him, and, but I would have loved to have met him. And this is a very, very special place. We, do, we have the greatest Veterans Day parade in all of the North Bay. People come from Montana, from San Jose, they come from everywhere for what we do here. One of the nice things now is having it at Lucchese Park. It's right across from the shopping center. And oh, I think there's 12 restaurants in there. They ought to have a blast. And I think the kids will have a great time. We're going to have a helicopter at HU-1D, which I used to fly. They'll be able to have their picture taken with that. Hopefully we're going to have a couple of other pieces of military equipment where the kids can relate to. So. Um, I'm just very, very proud. I'm proud of Joe as to what he's done at the museum, the Vietnam experience. I'm also a Korean War veteran. And to have Korea, the Forgotten War, nobody has ever done that. The Vietnam experience, the very first in the United States of America, and it was right here in Petaluma. So I'm very proud of that, and I'm looking forward to this, and uh, hopefully uh, it'll be a big success. Thank you all very much. Thank you very much. And thank you, Joe. Was there anything else you wanted to add? No, thank you very much. Good the, to see you guys. the other thing that I wanted to add is that the, that's the beginning of the celebration of Day of the Dead in Petaluma. And it goes through November 2nd, November 3rd. And it may be that there's some kind of convergence that we could, I'll, I'll talk with the organizing committee about that at a meeting this coming Saturday. And I'd we'll love to. Yeah. We'll see if there's some kind of collaboration I like it. that we can get cooking. We're going to be doing an exhibit this year at the Historical Museum, so that might be a, a place to do something in particular. Great energy, yeah, thank you very much. Okay, thank you both again. So we're on to new business. And um, that is item A, which is review and comment on draft policy, creating framework and criteria for considering requests and evaluating issues relative to the dog run areas. Thank you. I'd, I'd like to in, uh, spend a, a, just a bit of time introducing the item. Uh, in your packet tonight is a, is a, uh, a cover memorandum um, on, a, on a draft uh, policy dealing with um, off-leash areas. 
the off-leash designations were done uh, several years ago and, re and were really the result of a very long and, and uh, inclusive process. Um, our experience uh, in the last several years has been that seemingly there is a sufficient number of areas, but nevertheless we have received periodic requests for uh, changes in, in hours, in sites, and in, in, uh, in changes in for a variety of reasons and in a variety of ways. We have uh, consistently uh, denied those requests, really out of respect for the process that was used to develop the areas, and probably as much because we really didn't have a tool to evaluate the requests. But as the requests continue to come, it, it seems very clear that we're going to need a tool. And when the folks from Bond Park were here last month, uh, our, our um, park manager and recreation supervisor went out to the site, I, I think the next day or maybe the following Monday, reviewed the site and their, um, uh, their opinion was that there was, there was really no reason not to be able to allow the request and they were sort of set to do that. But as I thought about it in the context of other requests, it didn't feel quite like it had been processed and it didn't feel quite fair to be you know, perfectly f frank about it. So we set out to develop a, a policy and a procedure that would allow us to consistently evaluate those sorts of requests. It's not intended that we go back in time and undo all decisions and processes that were done, but we needed a tool to be able to deal with these requests on a go-forward basis. Uh, the policy provides us, uh, as, as I mentioned, a method to facilitate the requests. It provides us consistent uh, a set of criteria from which we can evaluate requests. Uh, it restates the rules uh, for these off-leash areas and provides uh, a process to, to make the request and for decision-making. Uh, we're asking for your input on a policy that will really be used as an internal staff document. However, because we've placed you in, this, in the draft policy as the appeal body, it's important that you have the opportunity to review this and understand it, ask questions, and offer your input. Uh, once we uh, have, have received your feedback, we'll go back um, and evaluate that, uh, uh, get that placed into the document, and we anticipate that in June we'll be back with a final policy and we'll ask you to, um, to, to support and approve the, the policy. So with that, uh, we're all ears. We'd like to respond to your questions. We'd like to take your input. Uh, again, keeping in mind that we'll be back uh, with a final, uh, 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 a final version in June. Great, thank you, Scott. Commissioner, comments or questions? Commissioner Barrett. Okay, um, I, I just have a couple questions. Well, yeah, I guess it's a couple questions on um, section six, six point two six and seven. Uh, these are the off-leash areas shall not be established near, and then there's a list of about eight different pla uh, kinds of places or classes of places. And one is um, within 100 feet of play structures. That would eliminate a lot of small parks, wouldn't it? And is that the idea, is that you, when you have dogs off-leash, you want them in an area where they really aren't around other people? The idea was to not mix the, the, the to, to try and prevent the mixing of kids and dogs off leash. Right, so that um, if, if it's a small park, it's just not gonna be an off leash right. place. That's right, that's right. Okay, um, I just wanna make sure that that, would, that, that was that's the, the thinking mm -hmm. because that would have been the consequence. You know. Right. Okay, and then natural areas. Can you explain why you don't want to have dogs off leash in natural areas uh, and what, what's a description of a natural area? I think of, um, the dog park at Oak Hill Park. 
I consider that area where the dogs are is sort of like the natural area natural, as yeah. opposed to the, the park area up above. Ron, I think this was your addition. Can you address that? Uh, I think that the thinking was that um, if you had a um, like an open space that was sort of dedicated to you know natural flora and fauna, something that like Schollenberger. Well, Schollenberger is more like a, it's a it's a trail that's on top of the levee, as opposed to say an area that where people would want to walk to enjoy the natural flora and fauna. And if you have areas where uh, uh, if you allow, allow dogs to be off leash in a lot of natural areas, they tend to disrupt that natural setting. They scare away animals. They can, you know, trample native plantings. Um, have a park like that? I mean, can you give us an example of what you're what what that's pointing at? Uh, I, I I don't. I think it was sort of a general thought on that in this draft. I think Paul, you know the 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 Paula Lane addition to the inventory mm -hmm. would be a would be an example of that. I think. Thank okay. you. It's really a preservation okay. project. All right. Um, I don't know that I can think of, of too much beyond that. I, I although I thought the Schollenberger example was a good one. Why don't we take that and and either either place that into the definitions so that we understand what that means, right? Or beef up. 6.2.7 a little bit so it's more than just natural areas oh, right, and, and maybe cite some specific examples. Yeah, because I like I like it when you say Paula Lane because I know that that's supposed to be a habitat for certain animals and things like that and, and maybe there's some bird habitats that, uh, you know, for example at Ellis Creek, uh, but those are even mm -hmm. like shut off at the certain times. But I think people might get confused with just natural area because some places that are a little bit more um, ungroomed mm -hmm. may just appear that way and then people might misunderstand whether they can have their dog off or not. I agree. So yes, if, indeed. If that could be made clearer, I, I, I think that would be easier to enforce. And, and then um, I just, I mean, I don't want to, um, you know, bring up the 800-pound gorilla in the room, uh, but <laughs> there's a lot of description here about where you can't have dogs off-leash, and um, to me, they define McNear Park where there are a lot of dogs off leash all the time. And um, I, I don't know if that's something that we have come to live with. And I know this is looking forward, not backward. And so, you know, maybe you just want to let that one go for what it is because it seems to be well managed or. or um, you know, as much as I say we want this to be go forward, but it's conceivable that the next request would be from from a group who, who, who sees a dog run as interfering with with a with soccer field maintenance or or place and Prince Park is another one that I think of so we do you know we we need to 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 really think about about this in that context um, what we want to assure that we do is 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 protect those spaces that require an extra amount of maintenance or that have or, or that are are especially designed for play so that we don't have the risks associated with um, with the heavy dog use, um, we're managing those sites now. Um, under under the terms of this policy, we would not recommend approval of those sites if we were to get such a request now. Okay. So we you know we need to understand that and and to think about that. Okay. Um, and it's part of the reason why we put the barrier language in as well, because some of those areas may be able to be better dealt with by using fencing or or barriers, but. It, it, it it's an important point okay thank you 
otherwise, I think it's really uh, it's, it's very clear. Thanks. Other questions, commissioner? Questions or comments? I do have a couple of questions. Um, like you said, there's if we this is like opening another can of worms. I think there's just too many items of what you can do, you can do, and um, as me seeing my parks, I think we had to just leave things the way they are. <laughs> Otherwise, we just kind of keep pushing this forward and forward and backwards. So I'm pretty happy with what's happening now with their dogs. A lot of the most people that have dogs that go to the park are really responsible. You might have one or two that are not. So overall, I think it's okay in my point of view. Commissioner Axelrod, anything to add to the questions? Um, I, I wanted to just take a step back into history with this. I'm totally appreciating you all bringing this up and doing the work that you, you clearly have done to um, try to make sure that we're making really good decisions about what happens in the parks, and particularly when there are multiple uses. Because there, it's, that's one of the great things about our parks, is that there are multiple uses. And it also always raises the potential for there to be conflicts between uses. And I, my involvement with this question goes back to before the original policy was created, when Oak Hill Park, uh, do Dogs Off Leash at Oak Hill Park was such a challenging issue. And I thought that there was, there was some really fabulous work done, and you, you guys cite the, the historical underpinnings of this. What occurred to me, because this is maybe the second or third time the Bond Park issue, and then um, it seemed like someone came from McNear Park mm -hmm, asking for an expansion of hours. It's, I have a memory of a third park that where the neighbors were either wanting a diminishment or an expansion of the hours. And uh, so to go back and, and actually really think through the procedures is just fabulous. Uh, because it occurs to me that how long ago was it? Was it 10 years ago that the original policy was developed? It was, it was before I th your I think time. It was. It was, and, and my impression is that it was in that time frame. And when I think about the transitions that have occurred in so many neighborhoods, there are folks who, who have moved into neighborhoods and moved out of neighborhoods, and it's just, it really is a, a wonderful moment to get smart about how to, how to really look at multiple uses. So I applaud this and, and really welcome the opportunity to, I'm assuming there'll be an opportunity for folks to respond to this who are in the neighborhoods, to respond well, to the. We intended to be an internal document and, and, and because, because we intend to do e evaluation of requests using the document, we had not anticipated inviting opponents or proponents to really comment on it or view it or structure it. It's really a, it's, it's meant as a, as a tool for the staff. The point at which people would comment clearly would be the point at which they were, were appearing before the commission, either with an initial request or with an appeal of a, of a staff decision. So we would manage it much like, much like we do our internal policies around park scheduling and, and those sorts of things. Well, the, my other question is I'm, I'm aware that some of the questions about the dog, dog off leash uh, in the parks came about as, as a result of some of the enforcement that was happening. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. would you say a word about what our relationship is with the enforcement piece? Well, we don't, 
there could be times when we would request additional enforcement. Now that we haven't had that occasion um, for some time, or at least I haven't made such a request for um, for quite a long time. Uh, when there is some sort of recurring problem around dogs, and when Animal Services was was uh, among the city uh, departments, we would make those requests for a stepped-up enforcement. Um, now the relationship is that the foundation is managing Animal Services. They would still be. Uh, and have been in other ways highly responsive to any requests we've made. But my impression is that there has been some form of stepped-up enforcement around around the hours uh, and, 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 the, and the use of off-leash off sites in, the, in, in hours that aren't established for that. I don't know why that stepped-up enforcement has occurred, and maybe it's just been in a couple of cases and those people have found their way to us. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just not certain about that. But, but animal services is part of the, f the foundation now. They're under contract with the city. We found them to be highly responsive to requests that we have. But we haven't made any requests for stepped-up enforcement recently. Great. Um, it, so it was just coincidental. As near as I can tell. Yeah, okay, great. I wasn't sure whether we were in some way involved with that or not. Um, Thank you. Thank you for that. We did, uh, and one one item just did come to mind quite some time ago, probably a year ago. Uh, there was a conflict in one of the parks, and we asked for their advice around, um, I think, around signage and those sorts of issues. And as as a result of some of their advice, we did um, establish, I think, a, a better system of signs there that identify the hours and the spaces and those sorts of things. And are consistent between yes the the off off leash yes areas. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, and I, I guess the other question, I wanted to second um, Commissioner Barrett's notion about the, nat the natural parks. Um, it occurs to me that there's another one that might fall into that category up on the edge of the golf, the golf course neighborhood. Sure, the country club open space. Country, right, mm -hmm. exactly. And, um, and the times that I've been by there to see that, it, it, it actually looks like a place that would really lend itself to being an off-leash area. So, because there's there are it's it's sure. not a mixed use. No, it's not. It's pretty informal. So, great. And do you need a motion of any sort? We're not we're not seeking action at this point. We'll seek action next month. We're really hoping to solicit input. We've got a fair amount of input tonight. Uh, we'll go back and and uh, and create a final uh, that you'll have a look at in June, and we'll ask you to to uh, take action then. Great. Thank you very much, Scott. Very much. Okay, old business. Center Park trees update. Ron, do you have a? <coughs> Thank you oh, for being here. Have a good night. Thank you. Yes, let me uh, report out on uh, actually today's events. Um, uh, the Tree Advisory Committee uh, met out at Center Park this afternoon as part of their official meeting with the Arborist Consultant who has um, um, responded to our, our needs for some kind of um, uh, rem remediation to, to like help those, the health of those trees. Um, he had uh, presented a, sent in a proposal uh, some months ago and there continue to be questions about what what is that process? What is he proposing to do in terms of uh, trenching through the root zone and aerating, adding compost and, and nutrients um, and uh, 
uh, what does that really mean? How's that, how does that work? And what are the uh, outcomes? So most of uh, the questions that the committee members had, I think all of them were answered quite uh, clearly by the arborist uh, this afternoon. Um, it was proposed that, uh, uh, that he proceed with the first part, which would be to do a, a root crown excavation around the, the, the tree that's in most decline and find out if, if there's more problems than we can see uh, above the surface uh, as, a as a beginning point. So that was agreed upon to um, spend some funds on that, um, on that work. And uh, we talked about um, adding uh, height to the existing header boards for now to, to hold in the new proposed mulch that would be added to the, to the zones. Uh, we talked about um, improving, looking at the irrigation, existing irrigation system and um, figuring out uh, the best uh, application for possibly changing it from heads to, pop-up heads to um, line, in-line, uh, soaker kind of uh, system, um, either to be done in-house or out-of-house. Uh, the, the consultant is going to give us a, a better line item as in terms of costs for various portions of this um, process. He actually thought that um, we might be able to improve the life of that tree, the northern tree. Uh, um, it's not known, of course. Uh, so all of the treatment will include all three of the trees. Um, at some point, when, when we're at that point where he actually goes in and does the trenching and aerating, we'll have to have uh, some fabric kind of fencing bordering both sides of Center Park to keep the the duff and the, the dust from blowing all over the place and because uh, they actually use an air, an air jack that, that cleans out the root zones and provides places for the new mulch and, and uh, uh, amendments that they put in there. That would be a two-day process. Um, I think that's pretty much where we were at. Ter Teresa, am I missing anything, do you think? No, I, I think that's it. Um, the timeline for him, uh, he's going to start the process to make an assessment of whether or not the, uh, he's going to do some initial work that uh, was, was recommended today that we go ahead and approve that at the tree committee to say whether or not the, the bigger work scope is actually, would be feasible and would be worth pursuing or whether or not the tree is in too bad a shape to go ahead. So that he should have that work done and the report back to us uh, in addition to a report on the pH of the soil and the other salinity of the soil, the soil content. Um, and um, we should have that for our next meeting, which will be right before this meeting next month. Great, thank you. Was there any comment by the arborist about whether the appearance of the northern tree can, will be improved by enhancing its life? Well, well he, he intimated that, you know, if you, if you provide the healthiest environment for the trees, they will respond. If you give them the, the best possible natural environment that they're used to, the no, enough moisture, enough nutrients in the root zone, mo um, um, protection from uh, foot traffic, for example, we would put eventually a, um, some kind of fence around the park, maybe split rail 
to keep people from going in. Um, actually, uh, there was talk about landscaping the area in a more natural way, adding ferns or some other plants that, that would survive in our climate, but that would be, be beneficial to the, the redwood trees. Um, um, it could possibly respond in a way that there's new growth and an improvement. Um, but that's a po that's just a possibility, obviously. So, yeah. Great. Thank you. I also wanted to add that um, I did connect with hospice today, and they have had someone who has come in to do um, a, a bid, basically, on the LED, providing, providing new LED lights for those trees. Um, they were talking about, they were exploring with him two, two trees, because yes. the notion yes. was that the third would not be lit or would be removed or... And I, I think that would be the wisest choice to, to um, remove all the old hot lights and wiring from all three trees <coughs> and to drape the new lights in a downward fashion as opposed to wrapping around and tying, and tying up branchlets and, and not putting the new lights in that northern tree, at least for now, until we find out. I mean, I, don't, I think it would be a waste of you know, all the money involved to, to do that now. And possibly, if the, if the tree improves and you know, we, it seems feasible to do that, then at that point maybe add another set of lights. But for, in terms of cost and, and resources involved, I would just do the two trees. Great. And her next step was to call Rod to get the connection back to the rotary to, yes. to kind of finalize and that. And she did. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, good. So he, Rod has a meeting, is going to have a meeting, I believe, tomorrow or Friday with the, with the rotary. Oh, great. Super. Yeah. The other piece of that from the standpoint of the Public Art Committee is that we continue to be on standby to um, work with you guys on a, a call for art. Mm -hmm. And we'll meet next Thursday. And if there's anything, I'll, I'll just wait to hear okay. from you all about that. If there's anything that you all are ready for us to move forward on. Madam Chair? Yes. I, I would think we'd be in a better place to tell you something at the end of the, me the meeting next time. Next time. Uh, yeah, when we find out, we hear back from the arborist what the pr preliminary results are. Oh, great. Okay. Okay. That's, so you can that's tell that perfect. to your, your art committee. I'll share that because we're really working on the next step for the public art ordinance revisions as well. So, great. Thank you very much. Um, the next item under old business is to consider the appointment of commissioners, of a commissioner to the pedestrian and bicycle advisory committee. And you may be wondering why we need to do that. And Erin, let me pass the gavel to you. Thank you so much, um, Chair Hellman. Um, so I wanted to just preface this discussion and give a little bit of context um, for why I am resigning from Parks and Recreation Commission. Um, I've been so, so extremely grateful for the past two years that I have, almost two years that I've spent um, just serving the Petaluma community and I've really enjoyed um, my time on the 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 bikes and the pedestrian bicycle advisory committee. I my one of my biggest passions is biking and walking around Petaluma, and I that um, that committee is doing some incredible work. I really encourage Petaluma citizens to visit and pay you know pay a visit to that committee. Um, so the reason for my resignation is that I am moving. 
so I, I have to resign. <laughs> I, am, I have accepted a position with uh, the Business Alliance for Local Living Economies in Oakland, California. And so not too far away. I'll be back a lot. Um, and my, and apologies because there's probably some members of the community listening in that I haven't yet told and um, I wasn't able to tell everyone before this evening. Um, the organization that I'm joining is, the mission is to catalyze, strengthen, and connect networks of locally owned businesses dedicated to building strong, living, local economies. And um, they envision, a within a generation, a global system of interconnected, human-scale economies that function in harmony with local ecosystems to meet the needs of Ba the basic needs of all humans. And there's more to that, but um, I wanted to just give a little context that it's, it's fulfilling a dream of mine to, to go and work for this organization. Um, and just a couple other remarks. Um, personally, for me, it has been very challenging watching a new Target Supercenter go up just blocks from my house. And um, and it's been heart-wrenching for me because I know that there is a better way for us to meet the financial needs of the City of Petaluma, um, and and I'm 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 very I'm a little bit I know that the, the citizens of Petaluma will keep the vibrant, thriving uh, local downtown even with this this new um, this new stores that are have replaced a, a old junior high. Um, so with this new move to this new position, I intend to um, really gain the knowledge and skill set um, to learn more about what, 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 it make, what makes a local living economy a thriving economy. Um, and, and just a note, you know, I brought in my artichokes <laughs> um, that are grown right here at Petaluma City Hall. Um, and I just really, you know, seeing the Sprouts sign come up at, at the new uh, center, I just, I love this community so much. And I love the abundance of food that we have. And we have these amazing local farms like um, Green String Farm that I used to work at and uh, Terra Firma Farms and Peterson's farm and Chickabloom Farms, which is a new flower farm. Um, and I just, I know that there, th the citizens of Petaluma will continue to support the local independent growers and, um, and uh, local independent businesses that make this community so incredible. Um, so with that said, um, just checking my notes. I'm a little nervous sharing this with all of you, so I'm less articulate than I would have hoped to be. But, um, and of course, growing our own food. That has been just such a passion of mine, ever, you know, working with Daily Axe um, and growing our own food right here at City Hall, I think is so significant. Uh, the kiwi vines that we planted in 2009 are flowering. So look forward to some Petaluma-grown kiwis. <laughs> um, and just wanted to wrap up with um, a couple notes that it, you know, it, it really has been an honor to serve um, on the Parks and Recreation Committee um, or Commission for the City of Petaluma. Um, and I'm hoping that this next step, this move, will really um, 
it, I don't look at it as a move away, but I look at it as a move to bring more skills to bring back to Petaluma and to continue to um, support this vibrant local economy that so many generations of Petalumans have built before me. So thank you so much. And I know we'll find a really great liaison to the, uh, the bike and pedestrian committee. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Axelrod, for your remarks. Uh, you are really going to be missed. That's quite clear. I've really appreciated the energy and the perspective that you have brought to all of our conversations and was very sad when I heard that you were going to, that you were needing to resign. I wish you very, very well in your next endeavor. And it sounds like the perfect setting for you. It sounds really good. Any other comments or questions about that? Yes. Um, well, thank you. Thank you, Erin, um, and good luck on your new move, and you will be missed, uh, as will David Martin, who says he's not going to uh, be uh, joining up again. But I'm only bringing that up in the context of this appointment because it seems to me it might be a, um, a better decision to wait until we have the reappointments for all the positions so we can have a full panoply to call from and I, I absolutely agree what I wanted to do was give the commissioners that were sitting if someone had a passion to serve I was going to kind of allow the opportunity before we made the assignment Jump so to the front of the queue yeah exactly so <laughs> right. we, we will fully into um, and, and I made a commitment to Kurt to to, to the traffic engineer Kurt Bates to, to seek a replacement uh, but I did indicate to him that we'll do our assignments in the summer and that we'll fill the slot for sure then but I did want to extend the uh, uh, the invitation if someone had a, a burning desire to to become the liaison to that committee we, we, we would go ahead and make that appointment tonight but otherwise we'll save it for the rest of our assignments and I, I really I know that none of us would want to jump in in front of commissioners Holy and Klotz who are not <laughs> yeah. here today what, I hadn't anticipated that <laughs> what what who, who may have that kind of yep. burning burning desire what I would offer to do is to provide representation for the Parks and Rec Commission in in the interim and so if if we need someone to attend, they meet on a monthly basis, right? Yes, yes. I would be happy to do that. Okay. So I'll check in with them and... and That'd be tremendous. Yeah. No, I know. I think it's really important for us to stay connected as evidenced by the many ways in which our roles converge. So... And I'd just like to add that because the Pedestrian Bicycle Committee is so active, um, and they have been nudging me, where are you, Erin? We need you. And, um, and so I, I do really, really appreciate that, that gesture because I know that they'll um, really be grateful to you for, for being a part of those discussions and reporting back to this commission. They, they talk about so much incredible stuff, and so it's really important that their vo that voice gets brought back to the commission. They do have such a great reputation that I'm, I'm eager to learn more about what they're doing, too. So we'll st I'll sit in with them. If we could get an action to make an interim appointment as the liaison to PBAC, that would be great. Okay, great. Uh, I would make that motion that it be the chair. And is there a second? I'll second that. All in favor? Aye. Aye. And opposed? Thank Perfect. you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate it. So commission reports. And I'm going to ask Commissioner Martin to start again. Well, I guess I've been number one, huh? You have. We're going to miss you, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, my parks are really looking really good considering, you know, we've uh, short on 
maintenance and everything else. But anyways, I do have a question for Ron. Our pond at Lucchese Park it looks fabulous. It's never looked this good in like maybe 10 or 15 years. I've seen a couple of the kids out there fishing. They're catching, you know, 16, 17-inch bass, and it's incredible. I've seen it with my own eyes, and they're throwing them back. But the parks, I mean, it looks great, you know, considering, um, you know, we uh, had a shortage of workers and everything else, and whoever's working on that park now, you know, gets my applause. So... There's not that much litter like there used to be. The canopy uh, looks good. There's not that much graffiti like there used to be. So the police have been patrolling more. The softball field looks good. Soccer field looks good. Bathrooms are excellent. All the bathrooms are excellent. <laughs> They're very clean. And um, I think... The city made a wise decision to hire this uh, janitorial company. And that's all I got to say. Nice, clean bathrooms. <laughs> thank, thank, thank you, you very much. Appreciate it. The staff is doing a great job, and, and, and we see the improvements as well. So thank you so much. Commissioner Barrett. Thank you. Um, I will say that my parks are also looking really good, and of course, you know, it's just a great time of year, so um, that that's nice. Um, I will say, though, that um, it's not exactly my park, but um, when you are, West Haven is my park, and when you walk a little bit uh, south of the turn, uh, the roundabout on, on uh, Windsor at West Haven, about 200 feet to the south, there's an irrigation uh, line on the walking path that's on the east side of the walking path. So uh, about 200 feet from wh where that starts on West Haven, and it's broken, and it's just been dripping again around uh, just constantly. So uh, that needs to be, is near, near the detention pond? Okay, that's under the homeowner association um, purview, but I'll I'll, I'll let, them just let them know. Absolutely, okay. sure. Okay, sure. All right, good. I wasn't sure whose it was, but I I just have seen it too often, and it's just not stopping. At first, it, I thought it was moisture from. And that, that's on Windsor. No, it's well, it is on it's on Windsor, but it's on the walking path. Okay, gotcha. In, inside the deten around the detention pond, you know. Thank you. So it parallels Windsor. Okay, um, so other than that, the parks are all looking really good. I'll take this opportunity to give my um, liaison reports. Ron pretty much took care of the Tree Advisory Committee, and thank you for that. And um, at City Council, we've been dealing with the budget, and I'd just like to further emphasize what uh, Commissioner Martin just said. Park is just being forced to uh, do so much with so little and we really do admire how much you do but there's got to be a way of um, figuring out how to get more money for parks so um, we, we will continue to work on that um, both as a city and just as, as private citizens and also uh, the City Council approved the restrooms at Wiseman Park which was recommended by the Park Commission so that was approved unanimously so that's going ahead Okay. 
Um, so my parks are looking stunning as always and um, very lively this time of year. Southgate always has so many parents and kids playing and um, so yeah, they're looking great. And um, I have been an absentee liaison to the Poor Bike and Pedestrian Committee, so I don't have much to report from, from them, but thank you. <laughs> Always full disclosure. <laughs> Thanks, Erin. Um, spring has really sprung in, in all of the parks, and uh, it's very exciting to see that. And I'm noticing that um, Walnut Park in particular is looking really fabulous in preparation for the opening of Farmer's Market this coming Saturday. So come on down. There's a new um, manager for the Farmer's Market who's very energetic and very excited about her role and, and uh, we'll be working closely with her. Also, the mowing at Oak Hill Park and Walnut Park, um, Oak Hill Park in particular, has been really a, getting a jump on the the burrs and stuff that stick in the dog's fur um, is appreciated. And, and we also appreciate the Mother's Club who have put the new structure into Walnut Park. Um, it's so wonderful to see that group uh, contribute to its community in the way that it has. Speaking of people who do co who contribute as well, uh, Rebuilding Petaluma, the work that, that they have done in collaboration with you guys at the Art Center and the, Bus and the Visitors Bureau really has that place looking really spiffy as well. Um, in addition, I just wanted to follow up on our March meeting related to the public art master plan and, and revisions of the ordinance. We've been, we went to the planning commission at their last meeting and successfully completed a review and <coughs> took input and are in the process of integrating the input into a final draft which, draft which will go to the city council in June. So we'll go early June. It's been a very exciting process to get a chance to really formalize some of the things that we've been talking about, about getting a, an inventory of public art that already exists and getting putting together a process for approval of public art. Uh, at the same time, we've had a fabulous piece, if you haven't seen it um, and you haven't been downtown, that has come up as a public-private partnership. Ricky Watts has done a, a wonderful mural on the south side of the Phoenix in collaboration with Scott Hess and in honor of the exhibit, the exhibition that's currently at the Art Center, which is um, all about uh, graffiti art and, and a wonderful expression um, that comes through that work. In addition, I wanted to let you know that the Senior Advisory Committee is vibrant as usual and um, really going forward and we new, need new members. So we have, we have some folks who are leaving the committee and uh, would welcome other folks to, to join us. I think that's my list. So, item 10, Building and Grounds Manager Report. Well, thank you. Um, you mentioned a couple of projects uh, in your report. I would like to thank the Mothers Club as well. Um, it was one more example of um, using the Adopt the Park program. Um, they contacted me uh, asking what could they do to make some improvements at the, the, the play structure, the area in Walnut Park where they use it heavily. Um, we met out there and uh, a couple of the folks from the club um, and looked at some options and uh, the shade structure similar to the one uh, the ones out at Southgate Park seemed to 
um, meet their needs quite a bit. So they donated, I think it was like $3,500 $3, for the, for the, um, um, the purchase of that, that shade structure. Um, and we in-house paid for the installation, which was nominal. Um, and then they also, as follow-up to the installation of that, had a work day where they took out all the old sand from the tiny tot lot part of it and um, um, put in the new sand, nice clean new sand, and filled it up to the top. So that was a great, great addition to the park, and uh, we thank them um, uh, very, very much. That was a great project. Um, Walnut Park seemed to be the focus of a lot of energy in town. Um, the Petaluma Service Club Alliance has been working for quite a long time at, at trying to make improvements around the gazebo, and they're also were involved are involved with the um, the the plaque replacement as well, and a and a bench installation there for uh, a veteran. Um, so they they had some work parties as well, and they took out all of the old landscaping plants, the old junipers and whatnot that's been there for many many years. Took all of that old stuff out planted new plants, flowering perennials. It looks beautiful. Put the mulch in the areas. Um, uh, it looks great. In your packet you'll see some, some photographs of, of, the, of the area now, how it looks now. Um, so thank you to them. A great thank you to them as well. Uh, they're also working on some other ideas for improvements in the park and we've been kind of just looking at possibilities for maybe pavement improvements in the park. Um, at Arroyo Park, um, there are two play, play areas. One's a tot lot play area, one's for the older children, um, which are very, very old uh, redwood structures. And um, I had gotten some calls about children getting splinters from the wood. Um, they'd been so weathered over the years. So I went out there, and sure enough, you could hardly run your hand you know, on the posts without getting you know, some, like some little splinter or something. So. Um, we're not allowed to actually modify play structures, but I thought, well, let's just sand these things down and get them smooth again and reseal them. Um, and so that's what we did. I got a, had a contractor come in. We sanded all of the tot lot structure and sealed it. And it looks great. It looks like brand new redwood again. Took out all the old sand and put in the five bar, which is ADA compliant. Um, so you have a photograph of that as well. It looks great. It was, I mean, it was kind of an expensive. Um, project, but well, well worth it. Um, we'll get many more years of use out of that, that play structure until we can finally replace it with something more modern at some point. My intention uh, is to do the same uh, treatment to the larger play structure after July, just have it all sanded and sealed. Um, it, it already had the sand removed in that part and fiber put in, so um, sort of a heads up for that. So that, that turned out well, and, um, and people are very, very happy about that happening. Um, another Adopt the Park project, um, the Masonic Lodge members called me, and uh, they wanted to do something at Lucchese Pond. So they had a work day, and they went around the whole perimeter of the pond, and with whatever tools they could handle, grab things and you know shopping carts and debris anything that was close enough to, to grab out of that um, uh, out of that pond and they actually filled up a really large dumpster with 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 debris and things um, so that was a great project and so thank you Masonic Lodge another adopt the park program and, and and a reason why that pond is looking so good is that we've really focused on 
on our, our non-toxic chemical program there. Uh, we have put in a, a dye, a blue dye, much earlier this year than last year, right by about a month. Um, it's being treated again for with the, um, the, the natural bacteria that, that dissolves and digests all the bad stuff in that water. Um, so its clarity is, is much, much improved and the water quality is much, much improved. Um, and I, I'm just going to continue that program because it seems to be working. There will be very hot times of the year where algae will grow no matter what you do, but it won't be <laughs> anything near what it has been in the past. So we just will keep working at that improvement and using a non-toxic uh, way of going about um, dealing with that water in that pond. Um, you mentioned rebuilding, uh, Petaluma rebuilding together. Yes, they did a great job at the, the visitor center, the train depot. They put mulch all around all the gardens there on a big work day. So thank you, Petaluma rebuilding together. Um, Let's see, what else do I have on my list here? We've, we've done a lot of the weed abatement program has begun. Um, we've mowed Steamer Landing, Rocky Dog Park, uh, Oak Hill, of course, I think twice now. Um, Westridge Open Space. Um, currently, the Fire Marshals program is also, we started this last week, um, doing the open space areas and other city properties, uh, Westridge um, Hills, um, Manion Knoll, park behind the houses there, uh, industrial in Corona, the fields along that, near that athletic um, sports complex. Um, and there's just a long list that they're just knocking one out after the other. So you'll see that company out there either disking or mowing or weed whacking all around town on, on public, public owned properties, um, in the street, streets, right of ways and, and places such as that. Um, the swim center, we've been working on getting that pool going. We've got everything running up and running, the chemistry, the temperatures, everything's looking good. Um, uh, all the new shower systems are in place, new heads in the showers, the, the new water heating system is up and running in, inside the building now, so it's going to be much, much more efficient, um, um, energy conservant, and um, better actually, better showers. So. Um, that's where we are tonight, so thank you. Great, thank you, Ron. Are there commissioner comments or questions for Ron? I do have one question. Thanks for uh, trimming the trees on the side side of the pond next to the water department. That looks great. <laughs> At Lucchese Park. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks. Any others? Uh, I, I just want to also reinforce what I've heard other folks say today today at our meeting and that is that the amazing amount of cleanup and spiffing up that you guys are able to get done with the staff that you have is phenomenal and I thoroughly appreciate the ways in which the community and you are embracing the Adopt-A-Park efforts. Um, it's very exciting on so many different levels in terms of community building and, and just that really consistent theme of partnership between the neighbors and and community organizations and, and the city is very, very exciting. Yeah, it's a great program. Thank you so much. It's a great program and uh, we just want to keep expanding upon that as, as much as we can and we need that partnership. We absolutely need it and, and it's a win-win it's a for everybody. So thank you. It truly is. 
Thank you. And I, I do want to move on to the director's report, but will you please forgive me? There's one piece related to partnerships that I wanted to make sure that I don't forget to mention, just to give you all a heads up. And my colleague on the senior committee is, is here today too. So um, one of the really important topics on the senior advisory committee has been the discussion of a volunteer rides effort. The notion of the challenges that many low-income seniors and, and disabled people have with um, transportation has been coming bubbling to the surface for really close to a year and so there's a, a very fabulous partnership evolving with Elise Hempel at Petaluma People Services Center where she's been examining models for volunteer ride kinds of programs and that is in development just want to give you a heads up and I would imagine that by late summer or fall they'll be wanting to come here and talk with us about what they're up to with that another important partnership area. Thanks for your patience, Scott, and director's report. That's not a problem. Uh, we, we, you've obviously noticed that we had agendized a f July 4th program report for tonight. We pulled that off the agenda because we're not quite ready to provide a full report on that program. We're not quite sure yet exactly what that's going to look like. Uh, but I do think we have um, a, a bit of good news to report. Um, but I also, more than anything, I, uh, I wanted to take this minute to sort of let you know where we've been with that program and and you should f uh, expect a, a full program report in in June relative to that but nonetheless I do want to let you know sort of where we've been in in terms of thinking about that uh, in January we began work with uh, a variety of pyrotechs and state and local fire marshals examining the fairground site that has new constraints um, in order to to place our fourth of July fireworks display uh, within the site uh, and it did take a fair amount of examination. We're accustomed to using uh, what we uh, or, or what are five-inch and six-inch shells there that provide a, a, a pretty good display, really, no matter where you are in the community. We're also required to have a, a specific amount of fallout areas within the, the firing zone, and of course, space between where spectators are and the discharge area is. And so, there's all sorts of those parameters. And it was just clear that we couldn't situate. Um, a five or a six inch shell display within the site now with the constraints that it has. So we examined the potential to do a four inch uh, display which we thought was had plenty of value and while that would fit it was going to be subject to weather conditions because it was such a tight fit. So if we had windy conditions on the night of the of the display we could actually be subject to a cancellation unless we would be able to negotiate for closing roads and parking lots where the where the stores will be open. We weren't able to do that, and it didn't seem reasonable to take a risk uh, around a potential cancellation, uh, the risk of using city funds or funds donated to the city uh, for something that might be that might be subject to a cancellation. Um, and so we examined the potential to do a ground display, which would not necessarily be viewed by the community, but by those who were within the site. And while that fit, it proved to be. Uh, nearly as expensive as a as an aerial display uh, and didn't seem to to have the bang for the buck uh, if you will so uh, as we examined those and really were not developing good options around a fireworks display um, the the press democrat ran a story um, sort of detailing where we'd been with that and and um, and some of the problems that were that were developing in terms of just the the fireworks display and in response to that a group has come forward and said, hey, we, we, we'd like to examine the possibility of a larger scale program. Um, well, uh, allow me to back up. W we began to plan 
uh, an afternoon celebration for July 4th. It would be m more of an old-fashioned 4th of July type of celebration. A picnic, games, um, you know, family-oriented um, to take place at Lucchese Park. A group stepped forward and said, hey, you know, what's the potential to partner here? Could we do a display that was a lower-level aerial display, perhaps a, a three-inch display? Um, uh, partner with the, the city for an afternoon program. Could you pick your program up and transfer it over, which we, which we can do, and then we'll do some programming in the evening, uh, maybe make it a, maybe the display won't be as aerial, but the celebration will be more robust. And we're working on that very partnership now. Uh, it's not quite, it doesn't have everything wrapped up and tied up, uh, but we think it will over the course of the next week or two. So we, we could have a very robust program, I think, to report on that uh, eliminates the, the risk that we were worried about in terms of, of city funds and funds donated to the city, but still results, I think, in a very viable, visible program that, that would meet community expectations. So that's where we've been with that. We intend to have a full report for you uh, at the June meeting. It's just not quite uh, wrapped up now. And if, and if we don't end up in the partnership, we still have plans full steam ahead for that, for that program that I described that would be at, uh, at Lucchese Park. And, and if we do develop the partnership, we can pick that up, move it across town, and, and, uh, and, and join forces. So, uh, more, more to follow. Uh, I do want to mention um, that we'll be uh, undergoing some staffing changes, a little bit of, of reorganization and some staffing change over the course of the next couple of months. Uh, uh, we have a stalwart uh, that is, is uh, moving into a well-deserved retirement. We're going to lose uh, uh, Jan Mendrell. Um, and if I wasn't so happy for her, I'd be bitter and <laughs> bummed out. <laughs> but I'm really pleased. <laughs> you know, she deserves it. So it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a pretty cool thing. Um, we're going to take the opportunity to not, uh, to, 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 uh, to, to, to create what we think will be a more vibrant and robust recreation program by bringing in a couple of recreation coordinators who will have a sole focus on programming rather than replace the supervisor position. So while um, um, uh, we'll see Jan off, we'll use the opportunity to reorganize, bring in some specific program people, and see if we can't generate a more, um, a more robust program. So that's really good staffing news uh, that we haven't seen uh, or been able to accomplish for quite some time, and we're, we're really anxious about that. Um, the remaining recreation, recreation supervisor, uh, Don Phoenix, will move across town to the Petaluma Community Center and will supervise all coordinators and essentially all buildings and programs. So uh, he will have his hands full as, as, uh, as Jan sits on the patio and enjoys a well-deserved uh, uh, retirement. So we'll miss her. We're happy for her. We're going to assure that she be here in June to present a program report, which will also provide us an opportunity to... Um, to, to love on her a little bit and and tell her how much we appreciate everything that that uh, that that she's done and to congratulate her. We will have um, following the June meeting three openings and those openings are being recruited on the commission and those openings are being recruited for now. Uh, so we'll have some new uh, some new members to uh, to work with uh, as we begin our our summer meetings. And Aaron, thank you. Uh, thanks for being here tonight. Thank you for for using uh, for taking the opportunity to to, to talk about uh, uh, your plans uh, for announcing uh, why you're leaving and that you are. Uh, we appreciate your work. It's been fun to work with you. Um, we wish you nothing but the best as you move on to a new endeavor.
But thank you. Thank you, Scott. Any commissioner comments or questions for Scott? No. I have a quick, uh, uh, just a question maybe, uh, or maybe it's a request. Why don't we get our packets electronically? We'd be, I think, happy to do that. I and mean, it, I'm not saying that we only have to get them electronically, but it, uh, getting them electronically earlier would be very helpful. We will absolutely see to it. What we, in terms of timing, uh, we have all reports, all documents um, finished, typically the Thursday prior to the meeting by noon. Mm. That's that is the goal. Thursday afternoon then is used to to do, you know, to, to check the, the packet, to do copy, and, and, and the intention is to get that in the mail drop on Thursday evening before mail goes out. Now, there was a, there was a, a holdup in getting that, that done. I think while the packet was ready, that didn't hit the mailboxes until in the outgoing mail until maybe even Saturday. Um, we'd be happy to provide that electronically. It wouldn't be, uh, we'd love to do it. Like I'm hearing we would love to do it electronically. <laughs> so. We will intend to do that, and, we'll, and you can let us know if you'd like to also get the, uh, uh, the hard copy. We, could, we know what the key items in terms of hard copy are that we could have waiting for you here, and, but you would already have had a review opportunity, so sure. we could do it that way. Yeah, that's great. That's a great idea. Thank okay. you. Anybody else have a comment or question on that option? Um, the, the other thing that I'm wondering, I've, I've really appreciated seeing the, the activity reports, the reports on activities and the various uh, programs. Do you also collect demographic information? So do we know, do we have any way of knowing who demographically is using our programs? We're not collecting that sort of information at this point. Now, we, we, we haven't for all that long collected the participation data, just in terms of sheer, sheer numbers. So we're beginning to sort of refine that collection of data. And we can certainly begin to examine the possibility to collect other sorts of data that we would find particularly valuable. And in fact, I think one of the things that we're going to have to have these, uh, one or both of these recreation coordinators do, is really do a thorough examination and assessment, if you will, of, of, the, of the existing program, mm. what the unmet needs are, mm. uh, and, then, and then turn them loose to develop programs that meet those unmet needs. So, so we're going to have to do yeah, more examination, certainly, of who's participating and who isn't. That's, that's really exciting to hear, and, and as usual, I know that I, I'm going to miss Jan a lot. She's just been so easy to work with and so, well, and she's so loved in our community as well. And, and they don't grow on trees like that. They, they totally you know. <laughs> don't. They totally don't. And I appreciate the ways in which you're using this as an opportunity to think outside the box once again about, about what we're doing with, with way too few resources in our community. So thank you for that. So may I have a motion for adjournment? I will motion to adjourn. <laughs> <laughs> and a second. I'll second. It's been moved and seconded and is uh, all in favor? Aye. And opposed. Thanks. We're Aye. and opposed. Thanks. We're